Vernon, Vernon, the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. About this tonight, lift your Bibles high. Let's go. I'm ready to hear. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, speak to us now. We're ready to hear. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. So our series, uh, Summer Playlist, what have we been doing? We have taken secular songs each week and extracted spiritual principles. And in case you were not here someday, here was the last one. Wait a minute, Bishop, I thought the song was going to play. Uh-uh, you heard the song, now I need you to get the principles. I'll <laughs> oh, just make this declaration say, I'm so glad I did not let go. So where do we go on Sunday? Let's do a quick recap. In Genesis 25, Rebecca, who is Jacob's mother, she conceives after being barren. And they go from the struggle of being barren to the struggle of being blessed because the twins struggle within her. And before she lets go, she prays. And what did I teach you on Sunday? You've got to pick which struggle you want. You can either have the struggle of being barren or you can have the struggle of being blessed. Both of them have struggles, but one of them is actually worth it. You miss me. Uh, see, when you are barren, watch me, you're not going to be talked about. But when you get blessed, you're going to become everybody's favorite subject. When you are barren, nobody's going to try to block you or stop you because there's nothing to block or stop because you ain't going nowhere. But when you get blessed, you're going to find, watch me, that a lot of who you thought were your friends, you'll discover were actually your enemies because a being blessed comes with a struggle. See, she goes from being barren, not being able to have any kids, and Isaac, her husband, prays, and what does God do? God gives her double for her trouble. And for some of you, you've been through a whole lot of trouble. And I came to tell you, God ain't going to let you go through that for nothing. God says, baby, in these next few months, I'm ready to give you double. Can you put a praise on that if you believe that? See, you don't even get it. Double what? Double favor, double blessing, double joy, double excitement, double passion for life. Baby, you've already been through hell, so you've already paid for it. I need you to get excited that God says, you ain't going to do that for nothing. You didn't suffer for nothing. I'm about to 
give you double. Come on, double mint gum. Double your flavor. I need you to say double twice. Double, double. Now, I need you to say it twice with me. Ready, go. Double, double. So whenever you're looking at your life and you're like, Bishop, it's so much struggle. Mm -mm -mm -mm, baby, that's because you got twins. Double, double. Whenever you're like, oh, my God, I got so many choices. You went from not being able to have any choices because you were barren to now you got so many choices. You're like, God, which one should I take? Which offer should I take? Which path should I walk down? Because God's given you double, double. Open up your mouth, please, and say double, double. God gives her twins. God, that's amazing. He says, baby girl, you couldn't have a child. You prayed. Your husband prayed. And when he prays, I choose to give you twins. You went from barren to blessed. You went from your family talking about you to your family needing to ball something up off of you. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You went from being the, uh, the borrower to now you are the lender. You went from being the tail to now you're the head. You went from being overcome to always overcoming. You went from the valley to the mountain. I need somebody to get yourself ready because you spent your last day in barren land. Shut up. I need you to get yourself ready. Why? God says your barrenness has come to its conclusion. Why? Because you've been praying like you never prayed before. You've been sowing like you never sown before. You've been serving like you never served before. And I need you to open up your mouth and say, God, I'm ready. Say, I know you're ready. Say, let's go. Say, from barren to bless. From barren to bless. From barren to bless. From barren to bless. Say, from barren to bless. Say, from barren to bless. From barren to bless. But bless comes with a struggle. But this struggle's gonna be worth it, though. This struggle is going to be worth it. Say, this one's going to be worth it. She's pregnant with twins, and the twins, here's what they do. They struggle within her. The issue, watch me, isn't her. It's what she's producing. I need you to catch the distinction. Because some of you think you're struggling. You're not. What you're producing is what's creating your struggle. Why is the distinction important? Because you'll think, watch me, God's mad at you, and he's not. What God is doing is saying what you're producing is much bigger than you. See, he tells Rebecca, listen, baby girl, you ain't just going to have no sons. There are two nations on the inside of you. In other words, what you're producing isn't normal. So since what you're producing isn't normal, the hell you have to go through isn't normal. See, some of y'all, you've been like, God, why has my life been hell since I came out of my mama's womb? That is because nothing has ever been normal about what you are able to produce. You were able to take a bad hand and play that sucker well. You were able to take rape and molestation and turn it into victory. You were able to take being cheated on and turn that into victory. You were able to take being counted out and now you don't want everybody counts on. You took a mess and turned it into a message. You took a test and turned it into a testimony. Somebody said there's nothing normal about me. Open your mouth and say that. Say there's nothing normal about me. Which means there'll be nothing normal about what you produce. And there'll be nothing normal about what you go through. <laughs> 
Did you catch that? I need you to get that because God says, hey, baby girl, listen, listen, Linda. You're not just having kids. You're producing nations. So the reason they're fighting in you is because, watch me, there's not enough room for both of them. Can I preach it like I want to? See, sometimes your challenge is that you're good at more than one thing. So your challenge becomes, I got this fighting with this because I'm good at both of them. Hmm. I, I, I got this fighting with this because I'm good at both of them. I, I, I like what I'm doing, but I'm excited about what's next. And so they're fighting on the inside of me. And she begins to have a struggle. And she says to God, God, if this is you, why am I struggling? About look at me. Just because you're struggling does not mean it's the absence of the Savior. He, in fact, got you ready when you were barren so that when you got blessed, you'd know what to do. He let you watch other people get blessed, watch me, so that when you got blessed, you'd know what to do. This is why, watch me, you're, you're grateful. Why? Because you never became a hater when you saw other people get blessed. You sat back and took notes and studied mm, so that when it's your turn, you're like, listen, I already know what to do. And I know what not to do because I watched them fail. I watched them make mistakes. So I know how to be blessed. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I know how to be blessed. When you were barren, he was literally preparing you and getting you ready to be blessed. He allowed you to watch other people get what you prayed for to, so that you would know how to handle it. Because watch me, you weren't going to be able to have the same learning curve they did. You were going to have to know what to do with it when it became your turn. This is why everybody, watch me, don't be jealous of nobody. I need you to take notes. Because when you begin to take notes, what are you telling God? God, you can trust me to be blessed. I know how to handle a barren season so that when I get in my blessed season, I ain't got to worry about, you know, ain't talking to me. I know how to handle being in a valley so when I get to my mountain, I know what to do. And for many of you, you're facing new, but guess what, boo? You already know what to do because you were preparing for when you were barren. You're still here. God says to her, hey, 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 hey. I'm not taking the struggle. I'm just going to tell you its purpose. He says to her, what did we learn on Sunday? There are two nations in you. These aren't just two boys. For some of you parents, hear me. Your struggle with your children is because your children are not just going to, watch me, they're not just going to have a normal life. <laughs> You, you, your children are about to change culture. Y'all ain't saying. Your children are about to do something. That's why they've always been slightly unique. And watch me. And you would sometimes look and say, what's wrong? Maybe there's nothing wrong. Maybe there's something unique. Come on. The reason they're slightly different is because what they're about to do ain't been done before. And I need you parents to learn. I'm teeing you up for the Dynasty series. I need you to learn, watch me, how to look at your children and see what makes them distinct and then help them walk in that. Because, watch me, you are responsible to make sure that they are the curse breaker. They're the history maker. They're the world changer. Not try to make them conform to a system they were sent to change. I need you to learn how to look at your sons and daughters and say, go on, son, do that thing. Go on, daughter, do that thing. I, listen, listen, I'm praying for you. Now, stay in order, be honorable, be respectful, but go on and do what it is that you were sent to do. And watch me. I'm grateful God trusted me to raise you. I'm grateful that God trusted me to raise a world changer. I'm grateful. Come in, Mary. I'm grateful that God trusted me to have Jesus. I, I need some parents that know your kids are about to change the world. I holler right there. 
You ain't got no normal sons and daughters. And for those of you that have no parent, let me stand in their proxy. Let me celebrate you. Let me celebrate what God's doing in you and through you. You ain't normal. That's why God sent you to harvest. That's why he sent you to Bishop Foreman. Why? You needed to sit up under somebody that knew what to do with you. You're still here. So watch. In Genesis 25, from exhaustion, we got two brothers now. These two brothers represent what? Two nations. Say so Jacob, Esau. Now, later on in Genesis 25, the Bible teaches us that God says the younger is going to be served by the older. Who's the older one? Esau. Who was the younger one? Jacob. Jacob, here's what God says to Rebekah. That the younger one is going to be served by the older one. He recognizes he's about to walk in a level of blessing that his daddy didn't. That his daddy didn't. Because remember, God is generational. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not Esau. Because Esau didn't get the birthright blessing. So in the womb, when Jacob hears what God speaks to her about him, Esau or Jacob can't sit still in the womb. He reaches for it. And he grabs the heel of his older brother Esau. And he comes out, watch me, he literally comes out of the womb grabbing his heel. Which means, please catch this, he said, even though the, I'm in the process of giving birth and it's painful and I have a reason to let go, I am not the type that's going to let a little pain make me let, you missed it, and I don't know how you missed that. See, Jacob was training from the womb that I heard what God said about me, and I'm not letting go until I see what God said. I'm not letting go until I see what God said. Say it with me. I'm not letting go until I see what God said. So in the womb. He starts grabbing. He starts reaching. Everybody look at me. Let me tell you what life tries to do to you. It tries to rob you of your reach. So now you stop reaching, which means you stop living by faith. See, watch me. It's easy to do what's comfortable. Quitters are comfortable because they don't reach. I rebuke the quitter that's on the inside of you. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, there's a reacher in me. There's a reacher. There's a reacher. Say it again. Say there's a reacher. There's a reacher. There's a reacher. Listen, I am not the type that's going to let a little pain, a little discomfort. Think about this. Jacob is coming through the birth canal. He should be focused on making sure he's ready to come out. Instead, he says, oh, no, I'll be good, but I'm still reaching. And some of you have let the last few months, the pain of it, you've allowed it to make you lose your reach. But let me speak that back up on you. I need you to say, I'm getting my reach back tonight. I, mm -mm, I don't believe you. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm getting my reach back tonight. Now, whatever I stop reaching for, watch me start reaching for. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I'm not throwing in the towel. Why? I ain't built like that. I in Genesis 25, let's move. Later on in that chapter, the brothers grow, and from exhaustion, not hunger, Jacob's older brother Esau sells Jacob his birthright blessing. I showed you this on Sunday for what? Some soup and a biscuit. 
It wasn't even a homemade biscuit. It was, it was, it was Grand's Layers. Now, here's what I needed you to get. Here's what I needed you to get. Here he is, the firstborn son of Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham. These are the people, Genesis 12, I'll bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. I will make your name great. Stop. He didn't appreciate who he was under. I, I just need you to catch that. I'll hit that real fast. He didn't appreciate, watch me, the dynasty he was in. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. He did not appreciate the fact that he was sitting up under Isaac, who was sitting up under Abraham, who was sitting up under God. Why is that important to understand? Because it explains why he so carelessly gave away his birthright. He wasn't hungry. He was exhausted. And the danger of exhaustion is, what did I teach you on Sunday, is that you'll let go of what you want most for what you want right now. As the firstborn son, what should he have wanted most? To have his father Isaac lay his hands on him and pronounce the blessing of the firstborn son. Check this out. God had already prophesied that Jacob was going to get it. But he only prophesied it to give Esau an opportunity to change the course of history. I think you missed it. Literally, God sets a test in front of him to see if he actually deserves. To see if he actually appreciates. Look at me. Stop saying, well, if God wanted to happen, it's going to happen. That's not Bible. Let me tell you how your life is going to improve. Better choices. Oh, y'all got quiet right there. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm making better choices from here on out. Let me tell you how things are going to get better for you. It ain't just going to wham, bam, thank you, man. It's going to be because you choose. How do I know that? The Bible gives us simple clues like this. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will. That's a choice. Be glad and rejoice in it. It's a choice. Esau says, you know what? Mm -mm, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So I'm going to give it up. I'm going to let it go. Because I'm not like Rebecca, Isaac, or Jacob. Hmm. Hmm. See, for those of you that are the Jacobs in your family, be careful you don't take on the spirit of the Esau in your family. Because they're careless and sloppy and don't care what kind of decisions they make. And you'll look at them sometimes and say, why can't I just live like them? Because you're not Esau, you're Jacob. So you don't get to be sloppy. You don't get to be half put together. You don't get to not pay your bills. Y'all ain't going to send it to me. You don't get to not do what God has called you to do. Somebody say, I'm not Esau, I'm Jacob. So you do whatever you're going to do. But I can't live like that. I'm not living no trifling life. I'm not living no messed up death. I'm not living a life where I don't put God first. I'm like uh, 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 Joshua. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You do whatever you're going to do. But let me tell you what's going on around here. I'm preaching a little aggressive, huh? So we fast forward to Genesis 27. Rebecca tells Jacob to pretend to be Esau so the blessing is spoken over him instead of Esau as Isaac is nearing the end of his life. As a result of that, the blessing is spoken over Jacob. Now what's amazing is Rebecca didn't have to do that because God had already said what it was going to be. So this is where Jacob gets the, 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 the mischaracterization of being a trickster. 
of being a liar or a deceiver. He gets that, watch me, because he obeyed Rebecca. Be careful, watch this, that you are not listening to counsel that's going to mess up. Some of y'all be listening to stankalanks, which is why people think you a stankalank. Y'all ain't going to talk. Because it wasn't stankalank, something that stanks. I'm, you got to be careful that you're not listening to somebody unfaithful because that comes on your rep. People will, as, people will ascribe to you what you associate with. I need some of you to check your phones and see if it ain't a few people. You need to say, God bless you, be encouraged. We don't have enough room for you in the month of August. Rebecca, y'all ready? Rebecca, Rebecca, she tells Jacob to lie. Jacob obeys his mother. And so they go in. If you saw the 11:15, I did a whole demonstration for you. They go in. Isaac's eyes were dimming, so he couldn't really see. And, and Rebecca overhears Isaac telling Esau, go make me some good food. He said, make me that good greasy food. You know how I like it. Bring me some fried chicken, black, black eyed peas, greens, cornbread, macaroni and cheese. You know, just a little something. Right? And so Rebecca overhears that. She goes and gets Jacob and says, hey, dress up like Esau. Your daddy can't see you, but he's going to touch you. And when he touches you, I need him to think you're Esau because I want him to speak the blessing over you. Everybody look at me. Why did she do that? Because she thought, please listen to this, she thought she needed to help God. See, she thought, God, you're taking too long for this prophecy to come to pass. Let me help you out. Y'all miss me right there. See, be careful when you call yourself helping God out because every delay is to your benefit. And sometimes the right thing to do is just say, okay, God, I rely on your time and not mine. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Because see, while you were trying to make it happen, God says there was a car accident that was, getting ready, that was set up on that day for you. I delayed it to block you from getting in that car accident. While you're trying to rush and get married, God said, baby, you don't even know. That's Ike Jr.'s son. I was trying to protect you from a destructive relationship. And you're trying to lift up your hands and say, God, forgive me for trying to help you. Where did they get this from? It's in the bloodline. Abraham. Abraham. God says, you're going to be the father of many nations. It's taking too long. Mm. And as it's taking too long, Sarah and Abraham have a meeting. And Sarah's like, hey, come on and get my maidservant. Enter into her and let's have a son. Because God said, if I look at me, God said, we're going to have a son. Well, if we don't do this now, it's not going to happen. So they tried to help God out. So then they produce what? Hagar has Ishmael. Ishmael and Isaac are still fighting to this day. You want to know what it's called? Middle East conflict. You will create family feuds when you try to help God out. You still here? All right, all right, all right, all right. So let's look. So, so she does this. The blessing is spoken over who? Jacob. And Esau hates him for it. So from Genesis chapter 28 through Genesis 31, I'm just reviewing where we were. I'm about to get you to where we're going. Jacob flees to his uncle Laban's house, and he wants to marry uncle Laban's daughter named what? Rachel. And Jacob sets the term to work for her. Stop. Mm. 
People will value you to the level you cost. And I need to just say something to my single ladies for a minute. Can I just talk to just single ladies for a minute? All the single ladies, all the single ladies. Can I talk to y'all for just a minute? Listen, if he don't work for you before, he will never work for you afterward. I know you think it's cute to be that accessible. I'm trying to clean this up. Trying to clean this real, trying to keep it. I know you think it's cute to be his late night booty call. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. But what you do not understand is since he doesn't have to work for you, he is never going to work for you. And I'm not judging nobody. I'm just saying, don't be mad 10 years into the marriage when you're like, he won't do nothing. You knew this up front because he didn't work for you then and he's not going to work for you now. You don't get to bait and switch me. If you were free to get, then you're going to be free to keep. Y'all don't like that. Let me move on. Single fellas. Both ways. If she's not helping now, she ain't going to help later. If she breaks you down and beats you down now, that ain't going to get better. Okay, let's move on. Jacob loved Rachel so much from just seeing her, he said, I'll work for seven years for her. The Hebrews say that Rachel was the most beautiful Hebrew woman to ever live. Seven years. She better have been. Rachel, listen, talking about a 10. No, she better have been 152. <laughs> she 142 points higher. It's the same, watch me, what you will work for and what you won't work for. We, okay, let me move. So what did I teach you on Sunday? I'm going to leave that alone because if I spend some time right there. Be careful that you don't watch me work for something that's nothing. You'll catch that later. So what did he do? I got to move. I got to move. I got to move. It's amazing what people will do to get a relationship but won't do for God. Yo. It's amazing what people will do for their friend but won't do for God. And I just need to check this room on Wednesday night to see if there's any people that say, God, you are more important than any person, place, thing or idea. Let him know with a praise. Go right there. Go, go, go. You, Jesus, are more valuable than I'll be doggone if I work for them and not give you better. I'll be doggone if my job gets better than what the church gives. I'll be doggone if people get better than what I give God. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move. So what did I teach you on Sunday? <laughs> it's just review. I'm almost to the message. Don't set bad terms for yourself with what you speak. He set seven-year terms. And some of you, you keep putting stuff out to the future. And you need to learn how to get a now on it. Somebody say now. Now is the time for the saints of the most high God to rise up and possess it. Not ten years from now. Somebody say now. Now faith is the substance of things. Somebody say it again. Say now. I need you to stop putting it off to next year. 
I rebuke procrastination. Everybody that struggles with procrastination, I need you to put your hand up if you're watching the line, do the hand wave emoji. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the attitude of now would come upon their lives. What does that mean? That they would have the ability to get it done now. They wouldn't keep sleeping it off. They wouldn't keep delaying it. They wouldn't keep putting it off. They would get it done and get it done now. Open your mouth and say, I am not a procrastinator. Say, I get things done now. So, so, so look, Laban, though, tricks him and gives his older daughter, Leah. And I taught you on Sunday that Leah, Leah was uh, often called in different definitions or different types of the scripture, different translations. She was called tender-eyed or delicate-eyed. And people took that to mean that Leah had an, a physical issue with her eyes. While that is not inaccurate, it is incomplete. The term delicate eyes, it means that Leah was weary. So everything she saw, she saw it through the lenses, the lenses of being tired. So the reason her eyes were delicate is because she couldn't see nothing right. She didn't see anything right. She saw everything through the lenses of I'm tired and I'm weary. And whenever you're tired and weary, can I be honest with you? You can get sloppy. So what does Jacob do? Jacob says, I don't want, watch me. Let's look at this. Say, I'm Jacob. For the term of this message, say it again. Say, I'm Jacob. So he works for seven years, and what does he get? Tired and weary. I need you to get me that. I, I, need, you to, I need you to get that. Say, for seven years, he only gets tired and weary. How many of you, you've ever put a lot into something to only get Leah, tired and weary. So he goes to Laban and says, hey, man, you tricked me. And I didn't find out until we were in that tent. And when I woke up in the morning, I looked over. And that was not Rachel. He goes back to Laban and says, I'd like to make an exchange, please. Laban says, you already bought it, sir. I, you should check. You lost your patience when you got close to the end. So you didn't check to make sure that what she was was what you wanted. Oh, I need you to lift one of your hands and say, Lord, forgive me for losing patience. Because how many of us, when we get close to the end of something, we begin to lose patience so that what we end up getting isn't what we wanted because we got impatient. You pull that cake out too soon, it ain't going to be done. You pull them greens out too soon, they are not going to be good. I know that much. I can't cook, but I know that. You ready? So Jacob, he, he, he doesn't check to make sure. Hear me. He doesn't check to make sure that what he worked for is what he got. So what happens? He's got to work for seven more years. But every delay was to Jacob's benefit. Say every delay was to Jacob's benefit. Because Laban is the one that tricks him. And look at this. Laban's name means to purify. Catch the praise and worship song. Which means God says, I'm going to use what tricked you to train you. I'm going to use what deceived you to develop you. Come here, please. 
Everybody listening to me right now has some Labans that have been in your life. And I need you to hear me. Instead of being mad at Laban, you need to say, thank you, Laban, because you purified me. What does it mean to get purified? You make me real. In other words, all the fake has to go. The real remains. But what happens when something purifies? Now it's more potent. What does that mean? I got power I didn't have until you did me wrong. I got strength I didn't have until you did me wrong. Can I get everybody that's ever had a labor in their life to just give God three seconds of worship? Why? That labor purified you, which means he made you real and potent. Go. Three, two, one. Somebody say, thank you, Laban. Laban. Laban thought he was really doing something. And what he didn't understand is God was using him to make Jacob real and powerful. Laban means purify. Look at me. It took 14 years. Excuse me. It took 14 years of the first part of your journey. You get tired and weary, but you don't let go. Come on. Jacob could have said at that moment, I'm cool. I'll just settle for Leah. But Leah's not what I asked for. What I asked for is Rachel. Rachel's name means beautiful. Come here. In other words, God says, I'm going to take what was brutal, a beauty, a, a brutal and I'm going to make it beautiful. In other words, you deal with a situation that now is brutal. Both of them together. It took how many years? 14 years. And let me tell you why this blessed me because we are in. Year 14. And in year 14, after years of labor, after wanting to let go, after saying, I can't take it no more, God says, hold on, Jacob. Come here. Hold on, Bishop Foreman. Hold on, Harvest Church. Let me tell you what I got for you. I got something beautiful for you because you learned how not to let go. And I need everybody under the sound of my voice to hear me. If you learn not to let go, somebody say, he's going to give me something beautiful. I don't believe you. Say it like you mean it. Say, he's going to give me something beautiful. Why? You didn't let go. Why? You didn't let go. Why? You could have let go, but what? You didn't let go. Shout, I didn't let go. In fact, while I wasn't letting go, I was being made better. (laughs) While I didn't let go, I was being purified. While I didn't let go, I was being made more powerful. See, people look at you today and say, ooh, you got so much strength. Laban did that. People look at you today and say, you a survivor. You can say, Laban did that. People look at you today and say, how do you keep your sanity dealing with what you deal with? Baby, I learned how to do that with Laban. For 14 years, Laban thought he was playing me, but God was using it for purpose. For 14 years. So then we get to Genesis 32. Here it is. Here's the message. Esau's coming for Jacob. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Here's later now. Because remember from chapter 28 through chapter 31, he's fled to Uncle Laban's house. So we now know there's at least 14 years that have passed. And now, in Genesis 32, Jacob gets word that Esau's on the way. Can you imagine how fearful he got? Your brother's on the way. And, and watch me, and he's got 400 men with him. Which means what immediately goes to your mind, he's about to get you. You're about to get got. You ready? And Jacob is worried. Somebody say he's worried. And he's in quarantine. Bible says that he sends away his people and he doesn't have the use of his possessions. He's in quarantine and he wrestles with God and himself. I showed this to you on Sunday. Somebody said they had a wrestling match. They wrestle and the way in which they wrestle, the Bible says they did it before the breaking of the day, which means they wrestled in the evening. Which means what Jacob was literally doing, he, in prayer, did he wrestle God and with himself? Where are you getting that from? I've taught you through the concept of commanding your week in prayer. You got it? And so whenever you command your day, command your week in prayer, you don't wait until the morning of, because biblically, when does a new day begin? The night before. Stop. So when David is wrestling, what is he doing? He is setting the day before the day can set him. He's getting a hold of the day before the day can get a hold of him. Why? Because he just got news. Your brother's about to get you, and he got 400 dudes with him. I think you missed him. His response to bad news wasn't to, watch me, it wasn't to let go. You'll catch it in a moment. His response to bad news was to not let go. I think you'll catch it in a moment. See, your response to what you hear determines what happens next. And for some of you, I'd need you to know whatever bad news you got this week, last week, last month, this year, I need you to respond properly and not let go. But I need you to open your mouth and say, I will not let go. I know what the doctor said, but I need you not to let go. I know what the numbers say. I need you not to let go. I know you're worried about what they're going to do with unemployment, but I need you not to let go. Open your mouth say, I won't let go. His response to bad news is not letting go. What does he do? Genesis 32 and 26. Then he said, this is the angel speaking. They wrestle. The angel says, let me go. This is God. You'll notice it's capitalized. So God comes to wrestle with Jacob after Jacob gets bad news. Question, what do you do when you get bad news? Question, what do you do when what you plan ain't, is not what it's going to be? Do you say, I'm so mad. I can't believe God would do this to me. If God loved me, why is he doing this? Every time I try to do something, God, God, let me. Or do you say, wait a minute. Let's wrestle. You fight the wrong people about the wrong stuff. Jacob said, I'm not even going to deal with Esau. I'm about to go above Esau's head. So they're wrestling. And then he says, I'm almost done. Let me go. Why? For the day has broken. In other words, he says, Jacob, you got breakthrough. He says, you prayed in such a way that you got breakthrough. 
What's the breakthrough? It's in you, Jacob. It's in you. Everybody look at me. You keep waiting on circumstances to change. That's not your breakthrough. Your breakthrough is when you change how you view your circumstances. Somebody say, that's breakthrough. Come on, I'm talking it through because I need to make sure that you get this. So you keep waiting on God to get them. God says, I want you to focus on me so that you don't even worry about getting them. And then you'll watch me get them because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Jacob said, here it is. I will not let you go unless you what? Bless me. Where did he get this from? He's been like this his whole life. When he came out the womb, he wouldn't let go. When he wanted Rachel and Laban tricked him, he wouldn't let go. And now that he thinks his brother's about to kill him with 400 soldiers, what does he say? I won't let go. Say there's a pattern. Uh -uh, say it like you mean. Say there's a pattern. There's a pattern God is developing in you to teach you how to stop being a punk. Please don't be offended. And if you are, get over it and let's go. What's the punk? A punk says, nah, I'm going to give up. Eh, it's too hard. Uh, you know, somebody looked at me weird, and I'm not going back. And uh, then nobody called my name. Say your own name. <laughs> you better learn who you are so you ain't dependent on nobody else. <laughs> I say my name, say my name. When? When nobody is around me. What am I going to say? Say, baby, I love you. Because I ain't running game. Listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's finish this Bible. Say, I'm not letting go. How many be honest that your past is, is full of let goes? Here's what let goes lead to, let down. So a lot of times you feel let down, but the only reason you feel let down is because you let go. Jacob's story with Leah could have been like, yeah, here we go. We got this life. Hey. <laughs> Jacob was like, look, I'm not going to live no miserable married life. <laughs> Ooh, y'all don't like this kind of time. Jacob's like, look, I'm not for the, Leah is, mm-mm, she good, she's amazing, but I'm not going to be miserable for the rest of my life. So Jacob said, I'll work some more. You missed it. Some of y'all don't even understand it. See, you talk about that God is just so bad. It's just so this God like, well, I need you to learn to stop letting go so that stuff goes up. Come on. I need you to stop letting go so stuff goes up and it gets better. Let's finish this. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. Notice what God didn't do. He didn't change Esau coming after him. Because that wasn't the breakthrough. The breakthrough was in him. But guess what? This has happened before. With who? His mama. What did God say? I'm not going to end the pregnancy. I'm just going to tell you why it's happening. Jacob. You don't need me to make Esau stop coming after you. Instead, you need me to tell you who you are so that when Esau sees you, he sees you different than the last time he saw you. 
Why? Okay, I feel like preaching now. Because the last time he saw you, he saw you as his brother Jacob. He's mad as heaven, hell, and earth at his brother Jacob. So what I need to do is change your name so that this time when Esau sees you, he doesn't see the brother that hurt him, but he sees a whole new person. I don't think you hear me. In other words, God said, because you didn't let go, I'm going to change how people view you. And the same people that hated you are about to help you. The same people that talked about you are about to talk you up. The same people that tried to throw mud on your name are about to bring your name up in the boardroom with the CEO. I need you to lift your hands and say, Lord, change my name. Here it is. Your name shall no longer be called. I'm almost in the message. Jacob. But Israel. Why? Because you fought with God and with men. If y'all don't praise God on this, I'm going to throw this microphone through that camera. <laughs> Look what he tells Jacob. He says, let me change your name. He said, because you, I ain't seen one like you. He says, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. But I ain't seen one like you in a while. I need you to please make this declaration and say, I'm not normal say on purpose. Woo! Why? Because God says, Jacob, you fought with God and with men. I don't think you understand what you just read. He says, you fought with God Almighty and with men, but here's the line, and you prevail, and you won. For some of y'all, I need you to hear me. The reason it was so painful is you weren't just dealing with uh, men. You weren't just dealing with your brother. You weren't just dealing with your family. You were wrestling with God. But I got an announcement for somebody tonight. And if I know it's you by your praise, here's God's announcement. And you won. I said, and you won. And you won. Somebody say, and I won. says you fought with God and with people and you won to the point to the point to where to the point to where when God was like I'm leaving Jacob grabs onto him said you ain't going nowhere until you bless me you can try to lock the doors and I'll be right there you can tell me I can't come back in the building. And I'll be, y'all ain't gonna sit in there. You are not getting rid of me because I'm not the type that lets go. I'm gonna hold on until I see what I prayed for. Open your mouth and say, I won't let go. And say, and say, God's getting ready to turn it. Say, I'm getting ready to be so glad that I didn't let go. Stay right there. Let me show you why. Here's the message. Genesis 33 and 4. Genesis 33 and 4. So, look at me. Don't cheat and read ahead. <laughs> look at me. He's fearful when he goes into prayer. Because he gets bad news. Your brother's about to get you. He's got 400 men. Be careful when the people around you only bring bad news. Jacob sees him, and we're about to read these verses. And hear me, church, we owe God a praise when we read this Bible. 
Because some of you are going to be so glad you ain't missed a Monday night prayer. Some of you are about to be so glad you didn't hold on to your seed. Let me tell you what's about to happen in your life. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And they wept. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. What happened? Prayer changed things. Because while Esau was walking, you can get up. While Esau was walking, God started changing Esau's heart. While Esau was walking, he said, you're about to see somebody, but when you see him, you ain't even going to remember what happened 14 plus years ago. I need you to open up your mouth and say, everything's about to change. Come on, y'all sit again and say, everything's about to change. Esau runs up to him. He says, give me a hug, man. Remember, he hated his brother, wanted to kill his brother. So what happens? Jacob starts giving, he starts giving, they start bowing down before Esau, which in the Hebrew culture meant you were yielding and submitting yourself. And and then he's got these presents in his hand because he was getting ready to, watch me, Jacob was getting ready to let go of everything he had because he thought the only way Esau won't kill me is if I let go of what I got. Somebody's about to hear me because some of you were on the verge of some horrible decisions. Oh, my God. Verse 8, Esau said, what do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob said, to find favor in the sight of my Lord. He brings all this stuff and says, listen, I'm trying to get this to you. I'm trying to get this to you. I'm trying to get this to you. Y'all, if y'all don't shout on this next verse. Say, say this next verse is a shouter. Verse 9, but Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Don't, low, don't let go of what you got for yourself. Some of y'all were getting ready to let go of everything. And God said, no, boo, you ain't even got to do that. Keep what you got. I need you to open up your mouth and give God glory that everything's about to change for your favor and for your good. Yeah. Yeah. He said, no, bro. No, bro. Keep what you have. The first time in your life, Jacob, you were about to let go. The first time in your life. See, some of y'all don't let what you're facing. Listen, for real? Seriously? You have already beaten way more. This is the first time in your life you are about to let go and God's about to send an Esau into your life to tell you keep what you got you ain't gotta let it go somebody say the first time he was about to let go say God stopped him say the first time he was about to let go God shut him down And I don't know who I came for tonight, but tonight I came to shut down whatever you were getting ready to let go. You're not letting go of your call. You're not letting go of your assignment. You're not letting go of your faithfulness. You will not let go. Open your mouth, please, and say, I will not let go. So look, I got to finish. I got to finish. I promise you I want to throw this mic. Not because I'm mad. It's just so good to me. Because what you thought was about to be a confrontation, what you thought was going to be a squabble, 
what you thought was going to be a fight, hear me, it's getting ready to be favor. I told somebody the other day in my office, I said, um, I said, I said, uh, I said, such and such, they just, I said, wow, that was easy. I said, I was queued up, ready to fight. I said, I'm, I said, I stay ready. I said, listen. I, listen, yeah, I just need to be ready. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. That's Bible. That's Bible. You ready? Look, 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 look. And the first time he was getting ready to let go, favor says, no. Mm-mm. Keep what you got for yourself. If we had more time, I could show you that, that Esau ends up saying, and let me bless you. Why? Because the blessing I hated you for is the blessing I need. I prophesy to you that the people, watch see, what they hated you for is what they're going to need you for. I need about 50 of y'all to type that online. What they hated me for is what they're going to need me for. Back then you didn't want me. Now I'm blessed y'all up on me. Let's look at verse 20. Then he erected an altar. Stop. And here's the key. Jacob erected an altar. Say he built an altar. He erected an altar. Altars are for what? Sacrifices. And called it El Elohi Israel. God is my God. There's three altars I need you to get. I need you to take this real fast. And then we gotta, we gonna, actually we're gonna do one. I'm gonna switch the order. Here's the first, here's the first. Say altars are for sacrifices. Here's the first one: the sacrifice of an offering. The sacrifice of an offering. Here it is. In Philippians 4:18, the scripture says this: I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Aphroditus the gifts you sent. What's the next line say? A fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. When we give to God above our normal tithes, God says, I smell that. It's right there. It's right there. God says, I smell. And everybody look at me. Whenever you smell something good, what does it make you do? Come on, y'all. God says, it's fragrant to me when I see you, watch me, sacrifice financially. What does a sacrifice mean? Something has to hurt. Don't you get quiet on me now. God says, that's fragrant to me. And because I have blessed you, Jacob, I expect you to sacrifice for me. You, you reading what I'm reading? He was in there before we got here. Say sacrifice of an offering. Here's the second. Here's the second. The sacrifice of you. Romans 12.1 says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. Wait a minute. Say my life is not my own. Say to you I belong. See, look, church. Here we go. Here's what we think. Here's what we think the Bible says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present part of me as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. Everybody look at me. 
God says, every day I need you. You ready for this? I need you to kill you. Not literally. Let me be clear. No, God says, every day I need you to tell your will to hush. Every day I need you to tell your attitude to stop. Every day I need you to tell your complaining, stop. Your sacrifice. I have sacrificed you. I am a living sacrifice. Which means it doesn't even matter what I want. The only thing that matters is that you're pleased. What does the Bible say? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable or pleasing to God. What does that mean? It doesn't mean perfection. It just means, God, I, I'm yours. So if what I really wanted to do, you don't want me to do, then I don't want to do that no more. If what I thought I was going to be is not what you created me to be, then I'm fine. I don't have to do that. But we don't live in a culture that does that. We live in a culture that says, you see it on social media, you can be it tomorrow. And God says, this is why y'all are smarter, but y'all aren't. Watch me, you aren't. You ready for this? this? This generation that we live in is smarter. It's more advanced. We're more capable. We're more technologically advanced. But watch me, we're more emotionally unstable than we've ever been. Why? Because God says, y'all are smart, but not sacrificial. It says, you, you, you put what I want on the altar instead of putting what you want on the altar. And I need you to lift both of your hands and say, Lord, I give you me. Say it again. Say, Lord, I give you me. Here's the last one, church. This is where we're going to have some fun. The sacrifice, here goes, of praise. Hebrews 13, 15. Through him, let us continually offer up a what? sacrifice of what? Praise to God. Say continually. God says, you want to know what's going to keep you from letting go? When you build me altars. And at that altar, I want to sacrifice. You know when you start letting go? When you stop sacrificing. You literally start letting go when you stop sacrificing. You start letting go when you stop sacrificing. You start letting go when you stop sacrificing. So look, God says, I want the sacrifice of praise from you. What does this mean? That is the fruit of your lips to acknowledge my name. What does that mean? God says, I, only, I don't only want to sacrifice financially. That's a fragrance to me. I smell that. When I smell something good, I show up. Don't you ever be mad when God's showing up for somebody else big. This stuff smell good. I want to sacrifice financially. I want to sacrifice of you. And I want to sacrifice of praise. Here's cute praise. God says, <laughs> you gave him a wave off. God says, that didn't hurt. What do you mean hurt? That's why it's supposed to hurt. You didn't get out of your comfort zone. You do this watching Netflix. 
You do this at the grocery store. And God says, since that's all you got for me, that's all I got for you. But God says, if you'll give me something that gets you out your comfort zone, and for every person that's different, he says, if you'll give me the sacrifice of praise, I'll keep you from letting go. If you give me a sacrificial offering, I'll keep you from letting go. If you give me the sacrifice of you, I'll keep you from letting go. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. 
When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.